everyone, and welcome back to the Icy Veins podcast. In this show, we cover the news from the world, the wonderful world of Blizzard. My name is Patrick Beja, and today I am very happy to be joined again by Stan and Leko to discuss World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Overwatch, Heroes, and more. Uh, as we missed the news of Morheim leaving the company, like by three hours last time, so we'll discuss it here. How's it going, guys? It's been pretty fine for me. I'm I probably caught a flu somewhere or just a cold. So uh, I've been half dead as well all day. I think this is it's. I hope we don't infect our audiences, uh, our audience, because I'm I'm not feeling well at all. This show might not be the most energetic I've ever done. I, I confess, uh, Aleko, you just uh, you just moved. You're now a European. I'm in EU. Yeah, uh, the only thing sick over here is uh, where I'm at. I'm in Corfu right now, and it's uh, absolutely beautiful. It's very weird to be in October and have it not be already freezing and cloudy. So uh, I'm <laughs> well, a happy boy with very bad internet, though. I'll say that. <laughs> well, it seems to be working okay for now. Um, can you stream and do stuff like that? Or is it so bad that you can't? Uh, I can watch Twitch on like 480p. Oh, so, wow. You know, it's not, not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you getting that fixed for uh, the in the future? or? Uh, I'll be moving to Athens. Uh, so oh, I'm, I'm in Corfu. So you're the going to the big weeks. city. Okay. Yeah, I'll be a city boy again in uh, after BlizzCon. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be attending that. So after Which, BlizzCon's yeah. done, I'll come back and yeah. You're gonna be? Is it your first BlizzCon? It is. I oh. am so excited. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited for you. I like. I've. I'm a, a, an old. Uh, uh, angry person like i don't even care about blizzcon anymore i've seen it so many times <laughs> but for the young who, who get to discover the excitement of that uh that event i mean we talk about it we talked about it last year i think when we were doing the show but it's so it's so much fun to be with your people you know it's it, maybe it's less uh incredible today because games have become part of the fabric of society but uh when it first started it was like everyone knew what you know a fury warrior was and you would be talking about the raid you may you did uh, uh the the week before and people would stop in the middle of the conversation and you know to say hi to the people next to you and and talk about the same thing and they will be like oh yeah of course nefarian is so super easy now and blah 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 it's like anyway i get excited about blizzcon uh and we will get excited about blizzcon during the show as well because uh it's the likely uh the last show we're going to be doing before blizzcon so we're going to try and and guess a little bit of uh what's going to be happening for each game just like we did with dead set last episode for diablo uh and and we're going to try and see what could happen for each of the games during BlizzCon. So that is going to be fun. But uh, yeah, BlizzCon, I'm, I'm, I really hope we can manage to do something from uh, the show with you and maybe others, Aleko, and you can tell us how it feels to be at BlizzCon. Yeah, I'd love to do a show like right after the first day. Uh, I think we, we we talked about that a little bit. Uh, depending on how the scheduling works out, I really hope it can because yeah, uh, the takes are going to be quite hot, <laughs> fresh <laughs> off the press. <laughs> and so let's start uh, the show with WoW. And uh, basically, there are two things that are uh, worthy of discussion. Uh, one is patch eight point one, which we'll get to in a second. But the other one is 
have they finally fixed Azerite armor? Um, there are, it seems like that's the only topic anyone wants to talk about in World of Warcraft right now. And uh, as we discussed a few times, understandably, the, the system is not working uh, for most players. But it seems they've uh, discussed a few changes that they're going to be making for the near future and uh, that it might at least improve the situation. Uh, should we go through them, Stan? Are you uh, familiar with the, 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 the changes they've proposed? Yeah. So the first thing they want to fix is um, make Azerite traits. Um, I mean, like add a new fifth outer ring to the new Azerite armor that will drop in page 8.1. So basically, that is pretty big. Like, it's a significant change in how everything works. Like, the UI is going to change. It, in practice, it means you have more traits on each piece of armor, so you're more likely to have uh, the ones you're looking for, right? I guess. But that's... is that really going to fix it? You know, the, the entire system? I'm not really sure. I, I think, well, what they were saying was that there are uh, uh, different issues on the Azerite armor, their availability, uh, lack of agency, and trade depth. Uh, so availability, well, we, we didn't really mention it, but basically there, you're going to have more ways, and you already have more ways of getting Azerite armor. So you get more of them. But what the fifth ring does uh, is, or fourth ring, or fifth ring? Fifth um, ring. Fifth ring. Weren't there three before? I'm there were four, and now they're adding a fifth one with spec-specific okay. traits, so uh, you're more likely to encounter the trait you're looking for. Right, so I think that fixes it. I mean, it doesn't change the system. It doesn't remove the system or changing, change it uh, uh, entirely, but I think it does help because people were complaining that the they didn't get what they wanted essentially out of the system so it yeah. since you're so, getting more items and you have more uh traits on each item it kind of works i think to an extent it it might not fix it uh you know it as we said it didn't change it doesn't change the system but it helps with giving you the traits you want right yeah that's true um patrick for example my personal um, problem with azerite armor um, I came across a stalemate. It was like uh, two weeks ago where I did Uldir, right? And I've got a 355 chest uh, from the bosses there. And I was not able to equip it because my Heart of Azeroth level was too low in order to make it competitive. So I had to pre wear the previous version or the lower item level iteration of the item. So I ended up wearing a 340 chest because it had more traits unlocked. So that was yeah. that's the problem with the gear. I agree. That is definitely the key issue with that uh, system. And that you're right. That isn't changing. But that you have a path towards when you're going to be able to equip your item. Um, it might be a couple of weeks before you can equip it, and then you might get something better. Um, I guess yeah. you're right. It doesn't fix everything. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the artifact power catch-up in power right now, but... Um, I mean, we needed it like a month ago. It's too late now for that. Maybe, yeah, it's possible. But at least, I mean, as we, as you said, it doesn't fix everything, but it fixes some of it, right? You, yeah, you're gonna get that's true. An easier way of getting uh, items, the the Azerite, uh, the emissary 
uh, quests on world quests, you, you're going to get uh, up to 370 items on... I mean, it's already the case, actually. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It doesn't fix everything. The Once 8.1 drops, it's going to be those, uh, quote-unquote, Season 2 Azerite uh, armor items. And at that point, you're going to have the fi five rings. And, and they are even saying they're reworking the traits. And they're going to make uh, the ones that are not interesting, they're going to remove them and add some that are interesting. I It remains to be seen how interesting they are actually going to be. But the intent seems to be that they're not just going to be a numerical improvement on one stat or you know a dps improvement by five yeah. percent or whatever like that yeah i hope they will be more interesting because right now they are just generic numbers yeah um, i really don't like the, the system right now i mean i maybe maybe it will be fixed if they made um like azurite gear drop in mythic plus chests because they um according to the q a they don't really want to do that because um the end game has uh, raid lockout, so the amount of times you can repeat that per week is finite, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, you have like four raid difficulties, so it's quite possible to repeat that one over and over again. And I, I really don't like the argument as to why they don't want to allow Azerite armor to drop in Mythic Plus chests. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, well, so, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how it works out. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to uh, make everyone happy. I, I think to make everyone happy, you're right. The the key issue is the uh, dichotomy, which we discussed last time, between item level and Azerite uh, level, uh, or Heart of Azeroth uh, level, which means you can't sometime equip the ones that you uh, get. And also the fact that some, um, you know, it's still going to be the case that you get an item that is lower item level, but the trait is really cool, so you keep using it. That is still going to happen. Hopefully, at some point, uh, it will be outweighed by the fact that since you have lots of, well, more uh, items drop and uh, more traits, you'll find that trait again. But yeah, I think it's clear that the system is not perfect and... Uh, they're trying to fix it rather than... I mean, they're not going to remake a completely different system and they're not going to yeah, remove the key um, mechanic of having Azerite level, right? I don't think that would be something they do, so... Yeah, but hopefully when, like, the Battle of Dazar Alor, or how you pronounce that, <laughs> the opens... New raid. Let's <laughs> say the new raid. <laughs> yeah, so when the new raid opens, hopefully the... Um, unlock requirements i mean like the heart of azeroth level requirements will be lower than what they were when uldir launched mm, so you don't you you'll have to be at the level where you can do the raid but not like once you you are at that level you can equip everything that drops in the raid and not still have to grind your azerite level yeah, exactly. um, to get yeah that's that's a good point We'll have to wait and see. And the other thing uh, which is worth discussing is basically um, the 8.1 is uh, uh, getting on the... Well, it is on the PTR and we're getting a lot of, lots of information. Uh, a couple of things I noticed. Well, first of all, there's a new Vol'jin quest line that's on the live servers, which I didn't want to dive into because I don't want to get spoiled. But 
okay, I guess uh, the Volging thing is really happening. Um, but there are two things I wanted to mention. There's improvements to the island expeditions, which is invasions. Essentially, uh, if I understand correctly, there are going to be new uh types of enemies that show up in islands in island expeditions which i'm not sure is gonna break the monotony of that activity but maybe um and the incursions are kind of like a legion invasions in well back in legion except it's themed on the war campaign. Um, have you had a chance to check them out? Are they fun or, you know, are they just another invasion, just like the invasions were in Legion? Are they different? Okay, so anyone? first things first. So um, yeah. the island expeditions thing, that's about um, uh, the types of mobs you encounter on islands. So let's assume you're doing your island expedition and... you. Um, various types of mobs will invade the islands at various portions of the expedition, you know, and they have made a fixed rotation for those types. So if, for this week, it's our elementals and all of these types of um, mobs have specific gear tied to them that you can earn from your end reward when you complete the expedition. Okay. But is that and like you're doing your expedition normally and then all of a sudden there are elementals that show up and mess everything up? Is that how it works yeah basically okay. for example you can have rick rikuls and they um make everything hazy you can't see anything and you know there are like environmental changes okay. as well will right. come in with the invasions all right so more stuff happening during the expeditions why not yeah and that's already and like, that's not part incursion. of 8.1 but yeah incursions are part of 8.1 yeah incursions are literally the same thing as legion invasions i mean there are virtually no changes. Really? Uh, so it's yeah. just so the theme that is different. It's uh, it's war campaign themed, obviously, rather than... Uh, yeah. yeah rather it's themed than... after the conflict of the Alliance and Horde. So, for example, on the Broken Isles, you've had like four quests that you had to complete. And then you had to complete a short scenario to earn your rewards. Right. And this basically applies to the new zones. You go to a new zone, see an invasion up, complete four quests, and then there is a short mission and or quest that you need to complete in order to gain various rewards ranging from um, gold up to gear. So, Okay. Well, that doesn't get really me nice. incredibly excited. I guess it's a nice additional little change to the world quest system. Well, not change, but return of what was happening in Legion. It's a good addition, so yeah. at least you don't complete the same quests all over again. Right, and you, you see when the invasion is up, and uh, or incursion is up, excuse me, uh, and, and you rush there, and it brings a little uh, something to do, I guess. Um, there are a bunch of other things that we might not get uh, fully into. Uh, allied races are going to be easier to unlock, not entirely, but it's like you gain, uh, I mean, legion allied races, uh, you gain reputation faster, essentially, is what it comes down to. Um, there's a bunch of other little things um anything that jumps at you that we didn't mention or should we talk about what might happen at blizzcon now i think we can discuss um what we think will be unveiled at blizzcon all right um so that i don't think you know <laughs> i don't think there's a lot to discuss on wow i mean obviously 
they're not going to be announcing a new expansion. That's pretty clear. Um, but there are two points that they might bring up during BlizzCon. Of course, they're going to be talking about uh, how the launch of Battle for Azeroth went. They're going to be detailing some more stuff for patch 8.1, uh, which we already have access to probably. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to give us a, a sneak peek at 8.2. Remember, yeah, that's probably the most likely scenario. Right. I mean, while WoW, BlizzCon will be heavily WoW Classic centered, so I don't think we are going to get some much BFA info. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, WoW Classic is going to be under the microscope at BlizzCon, so probably WoW Classic, how it's going to work, because there are still a lot of questions about Classic. You know, they mentioned that they didn't really want to do the, the game exactly 100% the way it was when it launched. Um, they were probably, they're probably going to include some kind of uh, quality of life improvements. Um, so there are many changes that could be discussed. And then they could give a, a sneak peek of 8.2 and maybe what we're going to be doing with uh, Yashiraj and stuff like that. So um, I guess that's it. That's all going to be... There's a possibility that we're going to see a, uh, a, a cinematic video of some kind for 8.1. Um, maybe a small one, you know, one of those animatronic versions. It's possible, but... That's yeah, I think the, the Alliance will get a version of the old soldier cinematic oh you think so okay yeah that could be that could be cool um that would be actually pretty interesting i i don't i don't think it will happen but it would be cool all right so that's it for well let's uh talk a little bit about hearthstone and as you aleko and essentially everyone on the internet had been predicting giggling inventor is nerfed or is being nerfed soon um, <laughs> your that's the sound of joy or uh oh yes i think i've said the words giggling inventor on every podcast since the expansion came <laughs> so at, tell at us first exactly. it was this card might be really strong and could be nerfed and then it was this card's really strong and is definitely getting nerfed two or three times so <laughs> to finally see that happen i'm quite happy about it um so let's cover all the balance changes first there's a lot of news actually in hearthstone this has been a pretty news heavy cycle for uh, for hearthstone fans in the past uh couple of weeks and you know I'd, I'd be rubbing my hands together in delight if i weren't holding my uh phone to my ear right now it's <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to chat about so uh three cards are getting nerfed um giggling inventors going from five to seven mana which uh i think basically makes it unplayable um it's it seeing play rates that are ends of archetypes or was seeing i guess i should say across all kinds of archetypes that were very very high and now there's I would think there's probably going to be at most one deck that would still be interested in a seven mana giggling inventor. Um, there's a nerf to mana worm also. It's going from one mana to two mana, which has been a, a pretty highly played classic card that uh, I guess suppose most recently has been uh, collecting ire due to kind of the power level of some of the other spells in the mage class. Um, I don't think this completely kills mana worm. I think there's still going to be some aggressive mage decks that can't really replace the card, but this does deal a pretty serious blow uh, to aggro mage strategies. Um, so just as a reminder, been... uh, the Mana Worm is a card that gains attack when you cast a spell. So that's why if there are really powerful spells, the Mana Worm becomes more powerful as well. Absolutely. Especially cheap spells, which we seem to have quite a few of right now. 
uh, mm -hmm. in standard. So like playing a mana worm into a coin, into a one mana spell on turn one, all of a sudden you have a three, three on turn one, which is pretty, pretty good. Uh, especially the double mana worm to the coin. That's just, oof, that's yeah. mm. high win percentage plays right there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's, that's one that I'm happy about. Uh, mage fans uh, aren't so happy, but uh, that one I think is... <laughs> That's, that's the story well of nerfs, you know, of nerfs and buffs. If the nerf concerns you, you're not happy. If the nerf con concerns the other players, then you're happy. That's how it happens, usually. Although, <laughs> being a veteran, everyone's happy that it's getting nerfed. That's the exception. Yeah, pretty much. Except for Quest Rogue fans. That would be, those would be the one people who mm -hmm. are the one group of people who are going to be quite sad. Um, <laughs> and then finally, uh, Aviana. Um, that's moving from 9 to 10 mana. So all three nerfs that are happening are simply an increase in mana cost, not a change to any of the card text. Um, and the Aviana is not a card that's in standard, but it is part of the famous Aviana-Kun combo, um, where you play Aviana for 9, all your minions cost 1 is her ability, and then you play Kun for 1, which refreshes all of your mana crystals. And so now all of a sudden, all your, man all your minions cost 1. Excuse minions. Uh, oh, no, yeah, that's the right word. Excuse me. I've been uh, mixing with a few card games recently. Um, and now you can do all kinds of nasty combos. Uh, so the big deck for Druid recently has been a, a Star Aligner Druid deck, um, which uh, deals seven damage to all enemies, it, to their whole board and to the opponent um, when you play it. Uh, of course, for one, when you have an Aviana in play, and then you can bounce it back, play another one. Um, all of these cards get drawn by a new card, which really gave life to this archetype, um, in Juicy Psych Melon. So I think a lot of people expected perhaps a nerf to Juicy Psych Melon, which draws both Aviana and Kuhn from uh, your deck when you, uh, when you play the card. But uh, now that uh, Aviana costs 10, you can't get both of them, and you can't play Aviana and Kuhn in the same turn unless you have a coin or an Innervate. So uh, this is a pretty serious blow to the uh, Aviana-Kuhn decks. Uh, it just so happened that the Starliner uh, deck happened to be the best one at this time, but there's other uh, Aviana Kuhn combos, and I think uh, wild players are going to be quite happy about that as well. Mm. Okay. All right. So I guess overall positive feelings about these nerves. I, I, I didn't know the uh, That's a big Aviana question, Kuhn. actually. Oh, maybe not then. Yeah. Um, I think I'm happy about the individual cards, but uh, the absence of a nerf to Druid and Standard has been uh, the most talked about thing on the uh, in the Hearthstone pro Twitterverse right now. Um, I think that the the conception was that if you're going to nerf the the best decks and not nerf Druid, which was already arguably the best class, or at least the most represented class that had the widest number of archetypes, um, that's something that a lot of people were quite confused about. So the cards that were being called out for Druid were the ramp cards specifically, um, uh, Nourish and Wild Growth. And to see neither of those get nerfed while nerfing the other two best decks, uh, there's a bit of uh, dark predictions as to what could happen next. Uh, certainly, this will shake things up. We, I think it's fair to give Blizzard the benefit of the doubt that when they're doing uh, that they're doing when they're doing nerfs, that they they have a good sense of what's going to happen afterwards because they test these things. And uh, the last three or four times they've done nerfs, the metagame immediately afterwards was quite healthy. So uh, I'm willing to wait things out and see how things work before you know we. Uh, make any sort of conclusive statements, but uh, I am a, a bit confused as to why they didn't uh, touch Druid if they were going to be touching the other uh, top classes in the game. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, Aviana is a Druid card, so 
they did touch Jordan. but only in the wild unfortunately not for right, standard okay. which yeah, is kind yeah. of the 90 i think 90 percent. i'm just throwing pulling out a number play of the player base plays standard so for instance the, the avion so. nerf doesn't affect me whatsoever because i haven't I haven't played wild in months right right i didn't realize it was wild only so yeah i understand right uh okay but it does so, fix the wild format significantly which is yeah. worth mm. mentioning so. <laughs> okay uh and talking about uh, different decks that are popular we have the deck list for the uh full championship uh, yeah well, actually the full championships are completed um oh, so we can yeah. we can talk a bit about some of the decks there were some really interesting uh inclusions particularly player called uh, Hatul uh, from Israel who really made a name for himself actually during the during the uh, the championships for uh, some of the comments he made during the, the interview that he was doing uh, the the caster referred to him as an underdog and he took uh, a big exception to that statement let's put it that way what did he say uh, he he was he, his face kind of immediately turned by like underdog and then he kind of said you know I think you know you casters kind of have a tendency to really paint people as underdogs when we're all really, really good. And I think I'm really good. Um, and uh, Okay, well, uh, good, for another... good for him. Good for him to stand up for his, uh, for his status. And he made some really creative decisions and played quite well in the tournament. Um, so I have to give him uh, props for that. He's playing uh, a big inclusion was uh, in his Odd Warrior deck, which is kind of, uh, I think, generally considered to be more of a defensive deck. Uh, he played a Vicious Fledgling. Um, and also some Festerroot Hulks, which are quite uncommon inclusions. Um, definitely changed the texture of it, and it ended up working out for him really well. Um, a lot of players ended up banning that deck instead of uh, some of his other, perhaps more, um, uh, I guess you could say, uh, standard or more common decks, well, more standard common, decks. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so there were some uh, pretty interesting uh, deck stuff, but I think in the interest of time, just maybe we want to mention the top four players, uh, the people who'll be moving on to the World Championships. Sure. Uh, so the winner of the tournament was a uh, language hacker from Canada and then uh, two other uh, people from NA. So three out of four people from NA um, are going to be moving on to the world championships. Also a uh, bloody face and just saying um, worth mentioning that just saying is on an incredible tear right now. Um, he is uh, absolutely dominating the pro scene and uh, he's, he's still a little bit behind uh, Hunter Ace in the total points. But over the past two months, he's just been unstoppable so very happy to see him in the world championships there's really uh, no one more deserving than him uh, and then uh, the final person who's moving on is uh, blood trail who uh, it's just this is a really cool story um he was in the previous championships the uh the summer championships and uh, to be frank just kind of embarrassed himself uh he played very poorly and made some pretty uh like kind of not very obvious uh and uh, he came back, he requalified, and it has to be said that he played very well. Um, obviously, he did because, you know, he's playing against the top competition in the world and made top four at this tournament. But, you know, in particular, you, uh, we have to be impressed, impressed with Blood Trail's play. So uh, those are the four people that we can be looking forward to at the World uh, Championships at the end of the year after uh, this tournament's done. Cool. Um, so wait, it, the, the World Championship isn't happening at BlizzCon? No, that's the the global games. So that's the the team event where uh, players from uh, like a team of four, uh, the four representatives from various countries uh, who qualified in uh, actually a pretty long, like I think it's a couple of months uh, process uh, for BlizzCon. Well, they'll be participating in that, and we'll, so we will be crowning a uh, a a country 
a champion, but not an individual player. So I guess it's the it's similar to the uh, Overwatch system where you have the league and the ongoing championship, and then for BlizzCon they do a different uh, event which is based on uh, on the countries. Exactly. And so talking about that, we have uh, some drama happening with uh, with Taiwan. We did. Um, so. Uh, Taiwan uh, was playing against Singapore very deep into the tournament. I think the, win the winner of the match would qualify for BlizzCon. And of course, Taiwan, uh, their team includes uh, Tom60229, who was last year's world champion. So this was a team that a lot of people expected to do well. Um, however, uh, what was uncovered was that they were actually stream cheating, that uh, not all of the team, uh, not Tom, uh, and one of the other players, excuse me, I don't recall all four players on the team right now, um, but... Uh, two of the other players on the team were actually watching the stream while it was going on. Uh, now, there's a 15-minute delay, so uh, they're seeing things that are happening way previously, but this is, of course, still cheating. And the reason that we know that they were cheating was because a card was played early in the game, a tracking, which reveals three cards, and they were able to see which cards were burned by the tracking. So the game still going on 15 minutes later, they were able to use that information to help make a decision as to which cards they did or did not have to play around, which is, of course, something they would not have known had they not been stream cheating. So this is blatant cheating. This is something how, that should never, ever be done. How can we be sure that they did it, though? Did they explain it while playing? Or, I mean, that they were playing around like, oh, I don't need to worry about that card because, uh, you know, oops, oops, it's I shouldn't have yeah, exactly. said. I knew it was like, how did it happen? How can you be certain they could just so not we have, have the audio of uh of the of the players um during the match i believe i didn't watch it saying that yeah so two of them oh were like hey God. we don't need to play around mind control tech because we saw that and then they laughed about it so this is why we know that tom wasn't cheating and that the other players were because tom had no idea he, i think he was suggesting that hey we need to worry about mind control tech and these other guys were like no 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 um we uh we know that a card was already played how dumb are they god yeah well i guess what's the point of stream cheating if you're not going to mention it i mean uh i well i guess but you know that people are going to be the 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 commentary that they were doing the discussions that they were doing were being streamed right yeah i, I supposedly yeah i didn't yeah. watch these videos because okay. i assumed that they were speaking in yeah chinese, in chinese so. and yeah of course so. <laughs> well the all right videos for me to watch That's that's but, uh, yeah. disappointing, yeah. of course, but it's also kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, all right, I guess I would be <laughs> a little bit more upset if it was uh, my team that was <laughs> that had been disqualified. But uh, so, what are the teams that are going to be participating? Let's, uh, if you're okay, let's move on to s discussing what's going to be happening at BlizzCon. Yeah, um, let's do that. Um, what are the teams that are going to be participating? What countries? Do you know? I don't have them off the top of my head here. I'd have to do okay. a little Google search. Um, let's see. Let's uh, well. Let's let's talk about what we can uh, expect to expect to see announced at BlizzCon. Um, I mean, for sure. Yeah. Oh, let's wait a second. No, sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. What about uh, what's going to be happening at BlizzCon? Do you think we're going to see another expansion or something more substantial, like a new game mode or anything like that? Or expansion will be enough? 
I think it's going to be both, actually. Um, so I think it's kind of been tradition to announce the new expansion because uh, the, the way that the schedule works is that a new expansion comes out in December. So when you have BlizzCon occurring in November, it's just kind of a natural time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I have a big event to announce uh, a new expansion coming. So I would definitely expect a new expansion. I'd be really surprised about that. But uh, on top of that, there's kind of some buzz going on, I would, let's just say, um, within the, uh, the, the way that uh, Blizzard is conducting, I guess, the, the Hearthstone side of the news uh, at BlizzCon. So uh, I would expect, based on that, that they didn't want to just announce a new, ex- just announce a new expansion. Uh, I would expect there's going to be something else coming as well. How big that is, I don't know. Um, presumably it could be something, uh, you know, kind of interesting or at least unexpected. That's probably a better way to put it. Um, I could speculate as to what that might be. Um, I, you know, I think it's about time that they start uh, announcing at least some features that pertain to tournament play. Uh, there's actually quite a lot of pressure on Hearthstone from uh, the rest of the card gaming world right now. Um, you know, MTG Arena came out recently, which is a... Uh, a, a much more accessible way to play a Magic on the PC uh, than was ever possible before with a Magic Online. Uh, Gwent version uh, 2.0 is going to be releasing soon, which is mm. another popular card game. And There's it's a Artifact major as well. And of course, yeah, that's the real elephant in the room is Artifact, which is the Valve-backed card game that is uh, it projects to be quite substantial. So Hearthstone right now is the, is the, the king of the, the crop as far as it's the biggest one by a wide margin, but um, there's the, the space is expanding pretty substantially. So I would expect based on that, if, that if Hearthstone really wants to remain, you know, kind of the king of this space, that they're going to have to start trying to appeal to the more uh, competitive card base. Interesting. Uh, card yeah. Game players. Uh, right. Right. They uh, do a I great mean- job of appealing to the newer players for sure. They've announced a lot of features that is, is great for the more casual fan base. Uh, they've spent a lot of work on some really cool stuff like, uh, the puzzle labs, I thought those were excellent. I had a bunch of fun with those. All the single, pl- single player content's been great, but none of that really adds up to competitive experience. So, mm. well, if they I did just had mention, to guess, uh, it would probably be something like that. They did mention a few weeks ago that they abandoned the plans for tournament mode. Uh, maybe they're going to do something for viewer mode, which is going to make things easier for tournaments. I guess it's possible. Um, but I think they're going to keep focusing on the on the wide player base, on the casual players. Um, we'll have to see. But if I had to put money on it, that's what I would suspect. I don't know. But I, I agree. It's also... I'm sorry? I said that could be another good strategy. Maybe they say, hey, you know, the the real try-hard card gamers, you know, go ahead and try out Artifact, but we're going to try to capture this more, uh, you know, the casual market like we have for a longer time. That's another perfectly valid strategy. And I think the thing is, if you only if you have a wide player base, uh, they are going to be wanting to watch some esports. If the the wider casual base you have, the more uh, number, the bigger number of viewers you have for esports, and that is really what drives revenue. So that's what drives esports players' motivation. I think. Um, if you have, uh, uh, there are a number of games now, and so the pie is going to be difficult to cut, and and there are going to be a, a few of them that are going to end up with less viewers than they might have if there there were less, uh, 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 you know, less games. So I I mean I don't know maybe the I'm going to be proven wrong, but that's what I would suspect. 
That um, would make it a, a viewer mode, like you suggested at first, a really smart decision. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll maybe see. that's going to happen. Maybe not a tournament mode, but a viewer mode could be, the viewer mode could be improved. But I also agree that there, I think it's time for Hearthstone to have a new feature, like something. I don't know exactly what, but the adventures, even the, uh, you know, the, the latest iterations of the adventures, which were more, you know, random and fun, I think there there's going to be at least something like that, but maybe even something more. Um, and... So let's transition into Overwatch. Um, I think it might be time for something like that for Overwatch as well, because... Um, so I am an avid Overwatch player, but the game has been out for two and a half years now, and we've now seen every event at least twice, sometimes three times, and the latest thing that's happening, basically the Torbjorn and Farah reworks are live, they're not, I mean, Torbjorn rework is pretty big, but uh, it's not incredibly amazing. And I, maybe, I mean, yeah, it's, I would go as far as to say it makes Torbjorn uh, uh, more usable, but it's not an amazing character all of a sudden from a non-amazing character. Um, and the other thing is the Halloween Terror 2018 that has started. It's still the Junkenstein Revenge uh, co-op. Uh, session scenario. Player, or, or, I mean, uh, sorry, against AI sort of. Exactly, mode. yeah. Co-op versus a computer. Uh, I mean, it's still fun, but when you've played it three years in a row, you kind of don't want to do that too much yeah. anymore. Um, so I think it's time for Hearthstone, for Hearthstone, for Overwatch to get something really different. Uh, I don't know what it would be. I mean, obviously, we're going to get a new character. I think that's a given. Uh, and by the way, something we didn't mention, we might get a new hero in Hearthstone. And by a new hero, I mean maybe a new character class, an entirely new class. That could be something that would jolt people uh, into, you know, finding the fun in the game again, don't you think? I think that they've talked specifically about how that would be quite difficult to pull off. Um, right. Like it's it's been a question that's came up in the past, and it's something that they've always been very hesitant to be uh, to to talk about in like a positive light. Um, I think if we were to see something shake up the meta for Hearthstone like that, it would probably it might be a new mode, like something where you have just mm. for example, you know, forty card decks or fifty card decks or something to that effect, or maybe right. you know, start out with a different amount of mana number of cards in your opening hand, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that could actually be uh, uh, an interesting way of shaking up things you're right uh different changing the rules not necessarily adding a character but changing the rules i guess that could work in hearthstone in overwatch i don't know what would work but you know as i was saying the game has been out for two and a half years and it's essentially been the same they've been very valiantly uh adding stuff which has I really believe expanded the uh, interest of the game beyond what they had initially thought. You know, Overwatch was going to be this tiny thing, uh, FPS that some people are going to re be way into. And it turns out, as uh, you know, uh, Blizzard often does, that they conquered the world with it. Uh, but for two and a half years, it's essentially the same game. Um, and I think they have been, they haven't really followed up on. Um, story actually that might be true for hearthstone overwatch and heroes they've been trying to do some uh -huh. small things with the comics and some of the uh cg movies here and there 
but it hasn't really developed into something really substantial. I remember, again, in Hearthstone, we had that uh, amazing, uh, uh, wonderful CG movie that they presented at, at uh, uh, BlizzCon last year, and then that was it. It kind of died. It didn't evolve into something more that used uh, those intriguing, fun, cute characters. Or And in Overwatch, we get our CG movies here and there, and we get a comic here and there, and it's worked well enough, but I think... It's kind of, uh, 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 it's got an appetizer feeling to it, which after two and a half years uh, kind of gets old. So I don't know what they could do, but uh, maybe they're going to choose, you know, Overwatch is going to chug along as it has in the past two and a half years, but we're working on other stuff, maybe another Overwatch themed game, or uh, we don't want to, you know, milk this game by by changing things and making this one still relevant i think it would be a mistake but maybe they will decide to put resources into something entirely different another game they can sell uh, uh from scratch that could uh, make financial sense i don't know and i would certainly be interested in checking that out um but we're not if that's the case we're not going to see this this time um to this blizzcon is going to be entirely diablo so i don't know any suggestion any ideas of what we could see that would be more than just an additional character and cg movie for for overwatch uh aleko well well here's a crazy thought this is this is one i actually just came up with while you were talking because you you uh you said the right words to jog my imagination here uh didn't overwatch start off as like a second mmo or yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, a totally was different it, genre. It was initially, uh, well, Overwatch came out of Titan, which was the failed uh, second MMO project that uh, Blizzard was developing for like five years or more. Um, so it came out of that, but it was something different. But are you going to say you, you would like to see an Overwatch MMO? <laughs> well, it seems like there's a system in place for having uh, maybe something Destiny-like where players can you know, explore more than just these kind of confined maps, but just like a larger world in general. Um, the thing that really has me coming back and back and back to Overwatch, even when I'm here in Corfu and I get like 100 plus ping, I still <laughs> sweat through <laughs> games every once in a while, is because the character design is just so compelling. Um, the way that, the, the way that the, they interact with each other, just generally speaking, and how you can get so many different novel experiences out of your characters, um, I think you could build a world around that. Um, and so... I mean, there's some things you could do with that. You could maybe try to take more of like a Team Fortress 2 approach where you actually allow like customization within the characters to a certain degree. Now, I, of course, I don't think you could throw that into the competitive side of things. That would have to be a totally separate universe or a totally separate mode um, where you know people would be able to customize stuff. But um, I, I don't think it's going to have more uh, like, a, like a wider experience, right? Something either co-op or PvP, but just with a much grander scale. I suppose. Yeah, that would be interesting. The, the issue, uh, a lot of people have been discussing this since the game came out, uh, to be honest, that, that PvE, grand-scale PvE uh, type of content. The issue is you need to create a progression system when you do that. And that's the, the problem. It's really difficult. It's, it's, it's essentially an entirely different game because you need to get people... Um, to repeat the content. That's what happens with loot games, right? With uh, World of Warcraft, with Destiny, with Diablo. And you need the, 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 the items or the abilities or whatever. And that's the really difficult uh, 
thing to get people to, to design uh, and to develop because it's a lot of content and a lot of systems. So I don't think that could live inside Overwatch. I think the uh, um, things like the Junkenstein Revenge is the extent uh, of the PvE content they could add to the game as it is now. I think that would need to be an entirely different game, which could be fun and I would be interested in. Um, but I don't think it could be like even a, a an expansion for Overwatch, which they kind of painted that painted themselves into a corner by saying they would never have something for pay that would affect player. Um, it, they essentially uh, we have the expectation that anything you pay for is cosmetic. So I don't think a new mode could be paid for even if it's pve mm -hmm. so hmm, i don't know but maybe they could you know it's been two and a half years uh i think it's understandable that they have updated the game for everyone for free for two and a half years maybe they want to release an expansion that is for pay maybe but i think they're making more money i keep coming back to the money argument because that's always the motivation for most things it is a business yeah i mean um so maybe uh i think if they would sell an Overwatch quote-unquote expansion, they could sell it, what, 20 bucks? The game is 40, so they could sell it 20 bucks maybe. They're selling more stuff by making content that gets people to buy loot boxes. So, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see for that one. Uh, Something last... really quick they could do, sorry yeah. about that to interrupt, is just they oh, could, they've had these competitive modes for free-for-all and for capture the flag and stuff like that, but they cycle in and they cycle out. Um, speaking for myself, I almost I enjoy free for all almost more than I enjoy, enjoy normal competitive mode because you don't have to deal with really any toxicity or anything like that. Yeah, you're so it, just your having a structure where you could play other modes because a lot of the arcade modes are really fun, and I actually go to those quite a structure where you could do those more consistently or have some kind of competitive ladder for it. Just reworking that system in general could also be another approach. Yeah, the problem there is that you divide your player pool into lots of different modes, which uh, they have a lot of, uh, but, you know, they have a big player pool, but it's not getting bigger, I think, at this point. Uh, probably not. Um, that's fair. Yeah, and, and they have had some, uh, you know, uh, episodic moments when you had a competitive free-for-all uh section and uh, that lasted a couple of weeks and stuff like that so again i think all of these are doable but they're doable as uh finite in time in the game but i don't know maybe we'll have to wait and see i think in the end we're gonna just have a new character and a new cg and we're gonna be a little bit disappointed i i will be but you know the, I'll, I'll still play the new character um all right, let's finish up with Heroes, which I think is kind of in the same boat as Overwatch. Um, I'm kind of wondering what they could do, uh, but for now, what we have is a new hero. And let me ask you this, Stan. You're a big uh, Heroes player. The new hero is Malganis. I don't know that we need to get into how he works exactly, but Malganis feels like a hero that they're pulling out of the lesser-known characters of their universes. I mean, certainly those who play World of Warcraft know who Malganis is, but it feels like they've used up all of the big, flashy, appealing heroes um, from their games, and they are left with kind of the B or T uh, or C tier or C list heroes. Um, what do you think about where heroes in is right now i mean the game is still fun but how can it keep growing or can it keep growing at all what do you think 
Well, so first, um, Malganis was really sought after. People wanted a Dreadlord for so long since oh, the game really? launched. Okay. So it's really good that they added it. And I think the game is in a pretty, really solid state right now. It offers diverse diversity. It's uh, unlike other MOBAs. So I'm really satisfied with the game right now. Oh, cool. Well, I was expecting state. you to be to be a little bit sour. I guess the community is more uh, is happier than I thought they would be. For me, looking from the outside, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's Heroes. It's fun. I've played it. But it, it's it's still the same Heroes. I guess that's true of any game. But um, so we do you want to go into Malganis or maybe we can talk about... Uh, um, no, I, I wanted to add that... Um, uh, you asked previously what could they do to improve the game. So I think we could finally get clans. I mean, they oh. teased them like two BlizzCons ago. No clans still. That's interesting. Yeah, that could be a fun addition if you make it more social in that way. Hmm. Yeah. And aside from that, I think BlizzCon is going to introduce two heroes, as has been tradition, and nothing really to expect from the game. So two heroes, maybe some features like clans, which are right, they did uh, tease, and uh, and maybe a, a computer graphics, uh, you know, an animated movie. I still remember the one with uh, Varian Rin and uh, Ragnaros. That was really cool uh, seeing it uh, at BlizzCon. So I, I would love to see something like that again. Um and the other news that we didn't discuss about Heroes is that uh, the game director is leaving the team. It's uh, Alan Dabiri, who was leading the team since the departure of, uh, of Dusted Browder a couple of years ago, and now he's leaving. And it's looking like he wasn't exactly uh, clear in his goodbye message, but it's looking like Kyle Milker is going to be the one in charge. And maybe he's going to become game director? I'm guessing it's not certain yet. Um, yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kyle Milker is a, is a good guy. He seems like he's been doing things the right way in his position now. Uh, disclaimer, I met him a couple of times. So uh, I have, you know, I, I actually enjoyed my time with him. So um, yeah, we'll have to, to wait and see what happens there. But the more interesting thing to me is that that's yet another person from a, a known team in a known game, uh, pretty high profile, that leaves for another game inside Blizzard. I mean, we've had now, what? well, Browder from the Heroes team, um, we've had uh, Chilton and, um, and uh, Stockton on the WoW team, we've had, I mean, many others who are going to secret projects. So I don't think they're going to be, anything is going to be announced at, that Blizz, at this BlizzCon, because again, it's going to be Diablo time but I'm so excited to see what they're working on, you know, different games and, and experimental stuff. So um, a lot of people are leaving for another project inside the company. I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah, they're probably doing an MMO, I think. Oh, I would very much be surprised if they were doing an MMO. I think the time for MMOs has passed. Um, if anything, they would be doing social games like, well, arguably Destiny is like an MMO, but... Um, I think they're doing. I think they're trying the Overwatch and uh, Hearthstone approach, which is not a giant team with a giant project that is gonna, you know, take up 
years and yeah. years of development. I think they're trying small projects that are live services where you can sell stuff for uh, yeah, the loot entirety boxes of your life. and patches. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think loot boxes they're going to stay away from them at this point. <laughs> I think it would be more stuff like battle passes, and you know that's more in vogue right now. Oh that's yeah, but uh, but yeah, or whatever. However, they choose to monetize, maybe even just you know stuff they sell directly, but. Um, I think it's going to be smaller games, but that can still be uh, the 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 big dog in their genre, or maybe bring a genre to the forefront. What they've been doing well since the beginning, and some of them will break out and become really dominant. Some of them maybe won't break out and will just become a small game that Blizzard does. The big games are, you know, World of Warcraft, Diablo, and and maybe something StarCrafty. Um, but I. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a team working on an Overwatch title that's going to be huge. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe an expansion. We don't know. It's I guess it's possible. Um, maybe some StarCraft-related stuff or maybe some entirely different stuff. Um, we'll have to wait and see. StarCraft 3? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. They, they need to wait a little bit longer before they bring StarCraft back to the forefront because... That has not gone as well as anyone would have hoped. I mean, StarCraft II was popular enough, but and it still is, to be honest. It seems people are playing uh, Commander mode, what's the name of the co-op mode, uh, quite a bit. But I think they wouldn't, you know, people are happy not playing RTSs. They're playing uh, other games now. It's, it's the RTS. The, the what, sorry? The BR games. Yeah, saw COD, the new are. COD game came out and just took got popular really fast. Yeah, so I don't know if Blizzard is... would touch that space, but I don't think so. I think they don't want to have another heroes uh, situation where they come in three years late and uh, don't manage to capture uh, the 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 entire market essentially. But maybe you know, maybe they have something to offer. I'm still hoping for a fighting game from Blizzard. I would love to see what that is like, but uh, I don't know if we're going to get that. Uh, so anyway, Alan Dabiri has left the Heroes team and uh, he's going to do some other stuff at Blizzard. Um, and last bit of news that I did want to talk about is, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we missed that uh, news by a few hours for last episode, but uh, Mike Morheim has left the company or you know, has left his post as president of the company and he will remain as advisor, as many people do in these situations. Uh, and Jay Allen Brack is going to be the new president of the company. He's going to be supported by a couple of uh, people. Um, that's, we don't need to get into that. But the two things that I really um, uh, uh, see in that announcement is, first of all, it's kind of the end of an era with Morheim leaving the company. He's, of course, one of the co-founders. Um, he had been there for 27 years, and he's seen the company through incredible changes. The, the biggest one, which I've been talking about everywhere I, I've been, is, of course, the uh, transformation that World of Warcraft has has uh, demanded of the company. World of Warcraft is has made Blizzard into, well, they were a appreciated company before and they became a huge company after. Um, and you needed to grow the company at an incredible rate 
for years, I would say for five years after the game came out in order to support it. You know, you had to grow the development team, you had to go grow the customer support team, you had to grow the infrastructure, you had to grow everything. It was incredible. And I think Morheim uh, has deserves a lot of credit for many of the things that have happened in the company, but one of them is that transition period because the company has remained a very gamer-centric company. They still uh, want to make the best possible games. Uh, of course, you know, they follow th followed the tra trends of the industry. I've mentioned game as a service and they are a business and they're uh, uh, trying to sell you as many things as possible, of course. But I think it's important to note that they still think the best way of doing that is trying to make the best possible game. Um, I think there are some big companies that might have other priorities and that prioritize marketing a little bit more than the game. And Blizzard could have, uh, you know, stepped into that side. And I don't think they have. Certainly, uh, yeah, as I was saying, they're a business, they do game as a service, and you're not always happy with the decisions they make, as exemplified by the constant unhappiness about Azerite uh, gear. But that's game design decisions that might be mistaken. Even, we don't need to get into this, but I would even argue that for the issue for Diablo uh, 3 when it came out was not... Uh, financially motivated. It was the fact that people could not imagine a Diablo title without exchanging items between players because that's how Diablo 2 worked. So everything else came out as a consequence of this afterwards. But as a whole, the company has remained true to its core and to its nature, and that's really not easy to do. Company culture can change so easily when you you have, you know, 10 times the, the amount of employees you did five years before. I don't know if that's the number, but um, it's, it's in that, you know, order of magnitude. So that is important to note for me. And the other thing that is important to note is that J. Allen Brack is becoming the new president. And J. Allen Brack is the um, uh, production director for World of Warcraft. Is that his title? I think uh, the bottom line is that he's the dude in charge of the product, of the entire product. You have, of course, uh, Ian Hazekostas and other people before him who are, in, who are in charge of the game. But J. Allen Brack is in charge of all of it. Like, as I was saying, infrastructure, CS, uh, the game itself, of course, and many other things. And he is coming from the gaming side of the company. Uh, it would have been very easy to get someone who was coming from, uh, uh, you know, maybe not the marketing side, but the managing side or something like that. He still, he has a lot to manage, and I think that's necessary when you're going to become the president of a company um, like this, but he's originally a gamer, so he understands the gaming uh, needs of a company like Blizzard, and that's reassuring to me. It could have been someone very different. And actually, a few years ago, it would probably have been someone like Paul Sams or, uh, well, Rob Pardo, sadly, had to leave. Um, but someone like that, actually, Pardo was a gamer as well, but someone like Paul Sams or someone else. Uh, I'm happy. I think he's the right man for the job. Uh, he has a deep understanding of games and a deep understanding of what it means to steer a giant ship like World of Warcraft. So... Hopefully, it will work out. Again, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm quite happy with the the decision. I think it's a good one. Yeah, and it's somewhat sad to see him go. 
like you know Metzen and Morheim are were the faces of Blizzard since forever and but yeah it's yeah, it's probably right. a good decision it, I mean, as as uh, they're not rock stars or anything like that, but for us, for gamers who are so engrossed in the Blizzard games, it's kind of like, it's very nostalgic, you're right. It's like, oh, he would show up at BlizzCon and, and go like in his super shy uh, demeanor, go like, hello, BlizzCon, and you're like, oh, it's a guy like us, you know, he's just a geek and he's a nerd and he's cute and, yeah. and he's... Um, They're like the the Metallica for gamers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, it's like it's funny because they were the the two sides of the the same coin. It was uh, uh, Morheim who was so uh, geeky and shy, and Metzen who had the rock star personality and who was overcoming his nervousness by screaming louder than everyone else. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a change, uh, a big change for for the company in the past two years, but. Um, I, I trust that they're keeping things going the right way. We'll see what happens at BlizzCon, you know? Maybe Morheim will do one last appearance and will pass the torch on to, uh, to JL and Brack. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll need to wait and see. Yeah. Again, I think that's the I'm title. I'm hoping it's a sword. You hope what? I'm hoping it's a sword that he passes to. <laughs> that would be you know a little that, more appropriate, I think. Did you know that uh, when you work for five years at Blizzard, you get a sword? I think I've seen that, yeah. I have my sword. I actually left the company. When I, I, I told my, uh, my managers that I was uh, leaving, I made sure I would get my last day after the five years mark so I would get my sword. <laughs> so Genius. I have it right there. It's, uh, it's, it's hanging awesome. over there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it could be a sword that they pass on. And as you said, uh, Stan, I think the, the theme of the episode in wait, is wait and see. And, and thankfully, we won't have to wait too long uh, to see because BlizzCon is in a couple of weeks. So uh, we'll have the answer to almost all of our questions in two weeks. And of course, we discussed it last time, but we know that the big game is going to be Diablo. And I am super excited. Um, Me too. Yeah, it's uh, I can't wait. I had a dream uh, yesterday or the day before that the new Diablo game was Diablo Zero, and it was like super anime inspired. It was terrifying. I was like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Diablo Senpai, notice me. Um, anyway, all right. Oh, I need Diablo Four. <laughs> yeah, Diablo so Four. Just keep it. Keep it simple and and uh, easy not diablo gaiden or uh diablo whatever <laughs> or you know i don't know maybe it could be interesting well again wait and see and that will be in about a couple of weeks until then uh where can people go to follow you uh on the internet or maybe get you know more content let's start with aleko you can find me on twitter at aleko underscore p um, that's going to be, I'm being a lot more active on that. So, uh, I'll definitely check that one out is the best source for all the content I'm going to be posting. Excellent. What about you, Stan? You can find me over on our website. I see veins covering news from Blizzard games on as well on Twitter at heroes pond. Perfect. And for me, it's not Patrick on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, by the way. And uh, if you enjoy video games beyond the universe of uh, Blizzard, you can check out Pixels, which is a show I do about the gaming in general and the gaming industry and all of that. And uh, we will have before BlizzCon, hopefully, a special on Red Dead Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the Japanese influence. I'm like, oh, Dance Dance Revolution. No, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, which is coming out in about 10 days or a week. And uh, we'll have an ep a special on that as very soon after it's released. So if you're interested in that game as well, go check out Pixels in your podcast app. Just search for Pixels, subscribe, and you're done. And of course, icveins.com if you want uh, news and uh, build guides and decks and all of that good stuff is at icveins.com. You know you need to go there for all of your news and uh, guide needs. So do that. And we will talk to you again in about a couple of weeks. We'll maybe delay it to have the BlizzCon news. That might be clever. So we'll do that. Talk to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.